Welcome, everybody, to episode 48 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. The most important attitude that can be formed is that of a desire to go on learning. That's a quote from John Dewey, which is actually in the foreword of Eurofirefighter 2 by Paul Grimwood. Um, who is an amazing just fire service researcher from the London Fire Brigade, did a detachment uh, with the FDNY and a, and a fire department in the northwest uh, portion of the United States. And, of course, with the London Fire Brigade and Kent Fire and Rescue uh, over in London and, and just, you know, just a tremendous knowledge. And, and it's really true, and it's a perfect quote for the episode today where we talked to Sean from the Max Firebox, the creator of the Max Firebox, and just a guy who's when you hear the episode, the podcast and his passion and his drive and his determination are just going to jump off of the uh, out of your phone into your earbuds. Just it's really going to hit you right in your heart. And uh, you know, if a guy like this feels the way he does about the fire service, how can you say you're into the job if you if you can't uh, appreciate this guy's passion and, and you feel even a quarter of the way he does? Um, it's just an amazing, amazing interview. And Sean's just an amazing guy. Uh, you know, his knowledge and expertise of fire behavior, thermal imaging, and just what he did uh, to create the Max Firebox and phase one and phase two, starting off with a single chamber uh, prop and then now a multiple chamber prop that will last a lifetime. He puts a lifetime guarantee on these things. Like these won't, they, they won't degrade. It's not like the, the build in the dollhouse and, uh, and, and, and whatnot. And it burns down every time and you got to rebuild it again. I mean, like the, it's just a tremendous journey he's taking in the fire service and to be willing to, to teach the American Fire Service and link up with all these other great instructors. It's just a, a very humbling uh, interview to, to speak to him and to, and to just to hear about his journey and how he became a firefighter. Uh, I will apologize at the beginning. Uh, there's some audio stuff. He's driving. I mean, that's that's the guy he is. And he'll tell about his story of like what he's doing. Uh, but he was driving to Texas, got off shift in the morning, and was driving a Max Firebox to Texas to do training by three o'clock this afternoon. I mean, that's the kind of determination the guy, the guy just worked a 24 hour shift, got in his truck, bang, driving to Texas, going to train all evening, going to train all evening. And he's back on shift on Saturday and wants to be back. Like doesn't want to take the day off because he's going on a trip. Doesn't want to take the day off because he's going to be tired. He wants to go back to work on Saturday because he loves the fire service. He loves the job and he wants to be there with his firefighters. So it's just, I mean, the guy, besides the fire behavior knowledge and just the, the, the construction knowledge of the max firebox and, and all the other things that he's offering, just the passion and the drive and determination and just the willingness to continue to educate and to learn um, is just just amazing talking to Sean. I really think – I really uh, hope everyone feels that throughout the podcast, and I hope everybody feels that. And again, I apologize for some of the audio issues because it, it, it's going to cut out a little bit. We tried to do the best we could with some editing stuff, but it cuts out for, for a few bit and maybe gets a little wonky. But the message is not tainted at all. Um, it really isn't. And uh, Sean is just, again, a tremendous, tremendous guy. Make sure that you go to, and he talks about it at the end of his interview, but make sure you follow Max Firebox on every form of social media because he's got it all. TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
Twitter, like make sure you follow him. It, it's, it's good fire behavior education and it's just a good, good, you know, made in the USA company to support. And it's a firefighter business that we need to support and give Sean all of our, uh, just support and love and energy uh, because the guys, he's a pretty amazing dude. Um, with that being said, uh, with that being said, just a couple updates on some things. I know some uh, people have been uh, inquiring and, and everything about the Fireground Commander Conference. Unfortunately, with the restrictions still here in Virginia, uh, we're going to have to push the conference back. Still confirming with, uh, it was supposed to be in March. Um, we were actually supposed to have already, uh, or getting close to having it. And, uh, we have to push it back. And, uh, I know that affects everybody's travel and everything. Um, but, uh, I think we're going to end up, we're still confirming with the venue and the speakers, but it looks like we're going to be shooting for October of this year, still with the same great lineup, all 10 speakers, biggest conference we, the, the, uh, the group has ever undertook. Um, and I say we, but it's really, it, it's my good friend, Ben Martin. Um, he's the, the brainchild behind all this. And, uh, he includes myself and another guy, uh, Taylor Goodman, who is, uh, been on me- fire service message boards. Uh, Taylor teaches for the water thieves. Um, Taylor runs Virginia fire, uh, news magazine. Um, I mean, just the guy is just a, an amazing, amazing talent. And, uh, us three, uh, do a lot of the planning and scheduling of the speakers and basically run the conference, but it's Ben's conference. Ben is the, the mastermind behind it. He came up with the concept and he came and got me and Taylor to help him. But so I say we, but it's really Ben's conference, but, uh, same 10 speaker lineup. Hopefully, um, if we can all get them into town, going to be great speakers, Eric Wheaton. And you, if you've listened to a couple, uh, fire, uh, ground commander minisodes, you should already be super pumped up for this. Like Eric Wheaton and, uh, Ben Schultz and Ryan Pennington, uh, James Johnson, William Knight, Dan Shaw. Uh, I mean, just so many people, coming to uh, the Fireground Commander. Hopefully in October, we'll get back with a couple other dates um, with that. But uh, also just some updates on some things. Uh, Again, super humbled to be selected to speak at this year's Firehouse Expo in Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to be doing an engine company search class and uh, really, really excited to to finally get this class off the ground. Um, I've submitted it to a couple conferences before and it really wasn't picked up. Um, and so glad that Firehouse Expo is going to take a chance on me. Big thank you to Peter Matthews and to Ryan Pennington for because I know that both of those guys have been in my corner and advocated for me and advocated for an, an engine company-based search class. Uh, whereas in this time in the fire service, people are dying and we're seeing less fires, but more people are dying in fires. Um, you know, which is, is crazy. We, we've got to focus more on not just aggressive overall engine company operations, but especially in small town America, or even in my fire department. And if you come to the class, you'll hear a couple stories about, or even in a fire department of six ladder companies, 22 engine companies, you know, 600, some people, what you would think is a resource rich environment, second largest fire department in the whole state of Virginia that, We've had to implement these engine company search tactics several times because of just things that happen, right? Uh, you know, so again, just big thank you to those guys for advocating for this type of class, and and I think it's going to be really good. I can't wait to get back to Columbus. I've been to Columbus and taught in Columbus before, and man, I can't wait to get back to Columbus. I love Columbus, uh, especially that downtown area. Hoping to catch a Blue Jackets game or or something while I'm there because I love sports as well. But a uh, big, big, big thanks. Uh, to those guys. And uh, let's not delay any further. Quick uh, quick uh, advertisement from the podcast, and then we're going to get right into the interview 
with Sean from the Max Firebox. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Really, really excited to have Sean from Max Firebox on the podcast today. If you've been living under a rock, you uh, then you might not have heard of the Max Firebox, but it's one of the best uh, fire behavior learning tools uh, out there in the fire service today. I've had the opportunity to utilize it and see it done um, at FDIC. Uh, I've had the opportunity to see it used uh, when I took uh, the Insight Training Thermal Imaging class in Spotsylvania County. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to see the Max Firebox in action several times, and I've had the opportunity to hear Sean at FDIC talk about all the things with Max Firebox and fire behavior. So, and and anybody who knows me knows I'm kind of a fire behavior nerd. Uh, so I love talking about this stuff and I love seeing different ways to learn about fire behavior. So again, super excited to have him on. Sean, thanks for coming on the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I've been looking forward to this since we first talked about it and just a huge thank you for the opportunity to yeah, I mean, and Sean, your you're you're a busy, busy guy. I know some of the guys can hear like the 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 audio on on your end. And Sean is actually driving to do. Uh, you're doing a program, I guess. You're coming to Virginia, or you're you're or delivering some units. Tell us what you're on the road doing right now. Well, right now I, I got off shift and I'm on my way down to Texas to deliver a Max Firebox. So for me, this is this is my why. I'm just like extremely excited that I, I get to go down and deliver a max firebox and do some fire behavior and thermal imaging training with a fire department in Texas. So I'm just uh, excited for this. And, you know, I get to be around firefighters that are into fire behavior and that are into thermal imaging that are more importantly into training. So I've been uh, driving for the past about four hours and just uh, looking forward to doing some fire behavior and thermal imaging training Man, this evening that is awesome like box. i said i know i follow you on instagram and twitter and you're always out on the road like it's a picture of you either like your pictures are like working out on shift or uh traveling to go teach fire behavior training with the max firebox like that's like your entire social media uh profile yeah i mean i just number one i love working out you know, I, I look forward to going to the gym. My biggest reason for that is I want to be able to, to be a firefighter for a long time. I want to be able to stay in shape. And it's, it's very important to me to stay in shape so I can do a good job and provide an adequate service. And as far as uh, the traveling side of it, you know, this, this is what I look forward to. I, I get to go and be with firefighters that are into training and, and nothing against recliner firemen, nothing against them at all. But I get to go with the guys that want to get out of the recliner, the guys that, that want to do work and, and want to learn. And it's just very, very motivational for me to, to develop the relationships and to go train with different firefighters throughout Man, the United again, States. Again, I just I, I like I can hear your 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 passion and your voice when you, when you talk about it. It's just, you know, it's infectious, to be quite honest with you. Sean, give the listeners a little bit of a background on your fire service journey, like how you got started, uh, the fire department you work for, you know, all of that stuff, you know, give us the, give us the journey so far to now. Absolutely. Uh, I remember when I was in grade school, the fire department came in and they said, stop, drop and roll. This is an air pack. Let's go outside, look at the fire engine. As a, as a little grade school kid, I said, oh my, I want to do that whenever I grow up. Uh, I've had that feeling ever since I saw my first fire truck and the fireman told me stop, drop, and roll. I started testing at any place and every place I could test when I turned 18. I would, I would 
uh, cut grass just to save up money so I could pay for a hotel room and pay for the fuel to go test for fire departments. I got hired as a paid on call firefighter in, in 95. And I was so excited that when I got my fire gear, I remember walking into the firehouse. I remember the smell of diesel fuel and the smell of fire gear. And I thought, wow, this is just amazing. They, they gave me fire gear and I was on my way home. I had a, a, you know, maybe about a seven minute drive home. I had to stop at a gas station and use a pay phone, a pay phone, <laughs> something you used to have to put money in to make a phone call. So I stopped at the gas station, uh, you know, five minutes from my house and I had to call my mom. I was like, mom, I got fire gear. I was, I was that excited that I got fire gear. And it just, uh, it just, it meant so much to me that, that I had a set of fire gear. So I uh, called my mom, told her, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I don't think she really understood what it really meant. So I was so excited to, to have fire gear. And, you know, I, I got hired career in 99. You know, I just got off shift this morning. I go back to work on Saturday and I'm, I'm looking forward to going to work on Saturday because we're doing a, we're having a instructor come in. He's doing some command training, some leadership training. So I'm looking forward to going on shift. Uh, you know, we, we recently got new air packs. And each shift, we've been taking turns designing SCBA courses and doing, you know, what I call our, our FD wad every morning with the air packs because they're new and just uh, doing things like that. I mean, I, I, God designed me to be a firefighter, and I just feel very, very blessed beyond words to have the opportunity to, to be a part of the fire service. And, you know, I, I work for the, the Godfrey Fire District. It's about 20 minutes from the city of St. Louis, Missouri and just a, an amazing fire department and just some of the best people you'll ever be around and you know people that are hungry and want to train it's just a, a great place uh two stations small department we run about 2,000 calls a year and you know like i said i work again saturday and i'm, I'm looking forward to, to Man, going to work that's awesome again like i said before like i could just hear your your passion and your drive and your determination, not just to be a firefighter, but to also to teach and to, and to educate other firefighters. So I guess the big question that I have, because I know, like, I'm, I love fire behavior, like, I, and I think the moment for me about when I thought like fire behavior was something I wanted to learn more about and I wanted to study more about was the very first time I sat in Dave Dotson's uh, Art of Reading Smoke class. Like when I when I sat in there, I was like, man, I don't know enough about fire and why it does what it does. And and and, and so that led me on a on a journey to where like I was basically trying to consume anything I could about fire behavior and why fire does what it does. What was it for you that that pushed you in this direction to, to become, you know, in, in my estimation and what in my opinion of you, a fire behavior expert and to and to just push in that direction? Where, where, where I've been. These classes in any, every class I could. And what, what happened for me is when I was first taking my fire basic class, I was sitting there and they were putting the slides in the projector and they were showing like little stick figures pretty much, you know, cartoon characters showing fire behavior. And I, I would go home and memorize the definitions. I'd be framing houses and I'd make index cards to memorize definitions. That way when I take my state test or a, an in-class test, 
you know, I wanted to do really good. Um, so, you know, I'd be going through the fire behavior chapters in the book, really paying attention in class. And then we did our first acquired structure. And I remember the instructor would tell us, hey, you know, all this will, will it'll all come to you when you go to your first fire, but we're going to go do an acquired structure burn. Well, I'm sitting in there. I couldn't hear a word the instructor was saying because he had his air pack on and his mask, you know, and all I heard was, burr, burr, burr. I'm just like, man, I don't know what this guy's saying, but this is really cool. Am I going to melt? I like being here, but what's what's really taking place? So I, I kept saying to myself, man, this is so important. There has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to show this Im- Im- important objectives, important subject area of fire behavior. So time went on and I got an opportunity to start stoking fires at our community college. And that was just pretty much, you know, go put the straw in and, and put the pallets on. And I thought, wow, you know, how lucky am I that I get to help the, the lead instructors here and I get to stoke fires, you know? So even then I'm still saying, man, that there, there has to be a better way to train firefighters when it comes to fire behavior. And that was, that's kind of the background of, of saying, man, there, there has to be a better way. So as time went on, I, one, of, one of the college instructors asked me to assist with teaching their fire behavior class. And I, I didn't want to do the same old, you know, what I'll call death by PowerPoint, where I just went in and, and read firefighter slides. So I wanted to come up with a, with a better way. So I started to burn wooden boxes. And I mean, I spent hours, hours designing wooden boxes to show classes as far as the fire behavior, what what to be looking for, because I knew that if I could, you know, cover a, a short classroom session and then go out and show them something, it'd be that much more powerful for whenever we did our acquired structure burn. So I, I, I built the wooden boxes and I noticed that every time that I would get to a really good point of utilizing the wooden box and get it heated up, the joints would fail. And I also noticed that that no two burns were ever the same with the wooden box. So I tried, you know, high pressure glue, furnace tape. I tried all these different things to hold the heat in. And it just, you know, I'd build one, use it one time, and then I'd have to replace it. So that's where I started thinking, man, there, there has to be a better way. And that's where I started to work on designing the Max Firebox. So the Max Firebox is named after my son. My son's name's Max. And Robbie, what I wanted to do is I wanted to design something because being in the fire service, I know that nothing really lasts in the fire service. You have to replace everything every few years. So my goal was to design uh, an educational tool, the Max Firebox, that would provide firefighters something that would last and something that I could stand behind and put my son's name on. So as I as I went through the different phases of it and trying to, you know, get it absolutely perfect and assure I could stand behind it and, and offer a lifetime warranty, that's where, you know, I, I finally got to the finish line and saw even more value because it wasn't just a one and done. I could I could utilize the Max Firebox over and over and it wasn't just building a wooden box and you know i could put the fuel load inside the max fire man, box and, and provide yeah, I mean, the, the fire behavior tremendous tremendous and then the thermal imaging train just what a what just like a, a you know just from a to b and, and how you were able to develop it is is great 
as you travel throughout the country, what is it, and maybe you can't put one thing on it, but what is it that you feel that firefighters don't understand the most or the most misunderstood thing about fire behavior? Absolutely. Man, I, I, you know, Robbie, I think that, let me step back a little bit. That way I can kind of lead into that if, if, if that's okay. Whenever I knew I could 100% stand behind the max firebox, I, I loaded up my truck and, well, prior to loading up my truck, I called a gentleman named Andy Starnes. And Andy Starnes is, is you know, I followed Andy for years. And Andy is a, a thermal imaging god. I mean, I, I consider Andy the tick god. The guy is just absolutely amazing. So when I knew I could stand behind the Max Firebox, Andy was the, one of the first, pe- first people that I called. And I said, hi, you know, this is Sean. I developed a training tool for teaching fire behavior and thermal imaging. And Andy told me, yeah, come on out. I'd, I'd love to take a look at it. Andy's out in North Carolina. So I, I loaded up my truck with the Max Firebox kissed my, my son, yeah. Max, and my wife, Amy, goodbye. I load it up. And I tell you, Robbie, when, when you do something like that, it gets real. I mean, 100% real. It's just like, wow, I'm, uh, I'm leaving home. I'm going to meet with somebody that I, I really respect. And I want to show them this, this educational tool that I developed. So I drove out there. I got in front of Andy. And, you know, I introduced myself. We did a burn in the back of his fire station parking lot. And, you know, Andy had his thermal camera out there, thankfully, because that's what I was hoping. And Andy said, hey, I'm in. I believe in you. I believe in your product. I'll help you do whatever I can. What can I do to help you? And that's, that's, that's the type of person Andy is. I mean, heart of gold, what can I do to help you? And I said, sir, I don't know what you can do to help me. I just wanted to show this to you. He's like, no, 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 you have something here. You have something that's going to be very powerful for fire behavior and thermal imaging training. Well, for me, I mean, my stomach dropped. I was like, wow, you know, this guy believes in me. And this guy believes in a product that I've worked for years and invested every penny my family has into it. This guy believes in, believes in me. And after spending time with Andy and incorporating a lot of the thermal imaging that Andy has, has you know, we've, we've gotten to do a lot of classes together, a lot of fire structure burns. I think that leading back to your question, Whenever we pick up a low resolution camera, a high resolution thermal camera, and we close the door of the max firebox, we open the door and we say, look, what do you see? That's when you see the firefighters, their eyes just light up. Because once again, Robbie, we're not, we're not doing that death by PowerPoint. You know, we're not doing that, that what I call film material class where, you know, I'm talking for eight hours about something I could have sent you a freaking email about. And you could have read an email and been done with the class. We're doing stuff that counts. And also, we're doing stuff that once firefighters see it, they're going to say, hey, hold on, stop. Open up the nozzle. Or, or even better, Robbie, even better. Even better is what we're doing is we're making sure, and no, nothing against vendors, nothing against vendors at all. But we're also making sure that some vendor is not going to sell a fire department a thermal camera. Because the firefighters are going to have in front of them the the products that they can they can go through and and they can test and see what's going to be best for their fire department and you know i guess the other side of it is sean i never realized that the smoke was going to be 
at 600, 700 degrees. I never realized that. And that's, that's the eye-opening stuff. And that's the stuff where you're like, yeah. And then what are they going to do? When they open up that door and they look through the eyes of the thermal camera, they look at the max firebox, when they go to a working fire, they're going to say, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Flow a little bit of water right here, right now. And by doing that, if there's anybody back in that area, if there's somebody, a civilian, if they're back in that area, they flow water, what are they doing? They're making it safe for that person back in that, that area. They're also making it safer for that crew because the, the quicker that they recognize, hey, stop, flow water, the safer it is for everybody. And the, the whole idea of, of, hey, hey, let's let's crawl in here as fast as we can and get there as quick as we can and, and, and pass all the superheated fire gases, the detached gas phase, and then Lord forbid the window opens up. You know, that guy, Vinny Ventilat, gets on the scene, he pops a window, and then what happens? They're in a horrible, horrible environment, and then what happens? They get injured. And then if they don't recognize those different warning signs, that's when bad things happen, okay? Horrible things are going to happen. And what I'm saying is is the building construction starting to fail. They're not recognizing the, the things that we should be seeing. And it's just the whole idea, Robbie, of, of just away from the whole death by PowerPoint. And once once we get in front of the firefighters and they see that, that there's a better way of teaching instead of just, you know, showing you slides or showing you showing and nothing against YouTube videos, because I got I got a YouTube channel, so nothing against them. But what I'm saying is just no, 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 it's absolutely because you described. I think that that's making a difference. And I'm sorry for dragging on thermal imaging class. It was eight hours. We did, you know, we did a little bit of PowerPoint because you got to understand the concepts. Right. But it wasn't death by PowerPoint. I think out of the eight hours. Exactly. Exactly. But I think out of the eight hours, it was maybe two hours of power. Yeah, you got you got to lay foundation. You got to lay foundation. You have with to. the max firebox utilizing thermal imaging cameras to understand the fire behavior stuff. And then we did live yeah. burns. I mean, you know, we did live burns utilizing the, the, the concepts from the max firebox and from the lecture into an actual situation. And we did fire attack. Uh, everybody got a chance on the nozzle and everybody got a chance with the camera. Then we did uh, searching as well. So I, I with live fire conditions. So I really, uh, I, I've been that student. So I 100% yeah. agree with what you're saying is, uh, and I actually, like I utilized the information from that class. And like, now I understand how to use my camera better. The one that my fire department bought. So I understand its limitations, you know, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, and nothing, nothing, nothing against uh, fire departments, but what's what's the majority of it, Robbie? The majority of it is is uh, find hot spots. You know, we can, you know, uh, okay, go ahead and put it on the truck, and that's that's usually that's usually what you see. And then if if you know you ask the question of what's the what's most firefighters come back on it once we do the training a lot of it is man we had no idea we could use our thermal camera for this 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 and this and thanks to the max firebox we were able to show them them different objectives that they're able to cover and then train yeah, their firefighters I, again on. agree having used the product and having you know seen it in action i i completely agree with you so again as you as you travel around the country and you and you teach these concepts and you know 
what is what is some of the feedback you get from the fire departments? You like like when you talked about them being able to recognize things, and you talked about them being able to see these things happening in front of their eyes, and then being able to apply those concepts. What sort of feedback have you gotten from these fire departments of like now this makes sense, or you know maybe one of the biggest things that you've you've heard from when someone's had your class, like hey, we did this on a fire, and uh, and that, and by using the concepts you taught us in the class, this is what this is how we were successful. The, the biggest one okay. will be reach of the stream. You know, they, they, they come back, they talk about reach of the stream. Also, take control. You know, if, if we go to, let's just say, a ranch-style house, ranch-style house, walk-out basement, the biggest the biggest push, the biggest thing that we've heard back is, is, okay, we open the front door, we look through the eyes of the thermal camera, we stop, we took control of the first room. If, if we didn't have to take control, we made it to the first room. We Then we went, we stopped the second room. We took control of that room. We saw the fire coming out of the back bedroom. We stopped there. We used the reach of the stream. We killed it. And that's that's the feedback from people utilizing the Max Firebox. Also, it's the, the fire behavior learning ladder. Short classroom, you know, short classrooms, the first rung. The second rung is the burn with the Max Firebox. The third rung is doing that acquired structure. Then you're ready. The fourth rung, you're ready to go out on your first fire call. So that's 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 the feedback that are people that are people coming back with as far as uh you know the operational side and then also the educational side. That's great. I mean, and again, like I said, I've definitely learned lessons from from taking these classes and, and just watching, you know, the watching through the eyes of a thermal imager and watching the Max Firebox and, and then taking those concepts. And, and utilizing them in the training ground and in real life. I mean, I was horrible of taking my tick on a 360 until I took Andy's class with the uh, with the inside fire training, which utilizes the max firebox. And, and then, of course, as well, I first, like, I was even, like, uh, this was FDIC maybe 2016, maybe 2017, and you were out there in the, like, in between the thing in Lucas Oil Stadium, like in the outside yeah. exhibits area, and you had every thermal imager I think that they had at the time. And just and just uh, just watching yes, you yes, do sir. these live burn demonstrations and hearing you talk and and again seeing and that started to kind of push me toward I need to use the tick more need to use the tick more but then not until I really really put it into play was I was Absolutely. like All right, I really need to use this more now every day when I go to work if I'm assigned to an engine company or a, you know a suppression piece I'm clipping that tick to my air pack where I used to be like All right it works and I stick it in the dashboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that you're yeah. you're talking about the size up side of it. What a home run. You know, you know where the fire's been, where's that, and where it's going. I mean, it just what what a home run for stretching out the first line. And then, you know, the other thing that, that you know, feedback from people that are using the Max Firebox, it's no longer scream, shout, and throw water all about. We're teaching them the importance of, okay, look, you're gonna kill the heat. You know, I only have five hundred gallons of water on my first end engine. Look at how much more effective I am with that 500 gallons of water. I know exactly where to put the stream. You know, you know exactly where to kill the heat. Now, going back to it, yes, 100%. The thermal camera is a tool. We have to be solid firefighters first. You better recognize the how fast the smoke's traveling, the detached gas phase. You better be able to recognize that without a thermal camera before you even pick up a thermal camera. So, you know, I, I, I want to stress that also as far as the, you know, it's a, it's a tool. 
as far as the thermal camera. So we have to be solid and recognizing everything visually first before we take yeah, up the camera. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, to me, and this, you know, with, again, with the experiences that I've had with it, you know, some people might say that taking a look with a camera is a little less aggressive. They're, you're not getting into the building as fast. Maybe having to flow water to create contrast is not being as aggressive. To me, I think it allows me to be a little more aggressive because I have a little more understand. I have more knowledge, you know, like I'm a big 360 guy. I think you should get a 360 and adding that additional knowledge with using the camera, taking a couple seconds to use the camera, scan the door. And, and again, like you said, know where to bullseye my water at. I feel like that allows me to be a little more aggressive. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. It'd be that much better. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be that much quicker. And that's, that's, that's what whoever you're working with, your crew, that's what they deserve. And also, whoever may be trapped inside that building, that's what they deserve. They deserve you to know that, hey, fire's on two. We're stretching through the front door. That's what they deserve. That's what everybody deserves. I know, Robbie, if, if me and you are working together and you're responsible for me, for God's sakes, you better be using every tool possible to make sure for my safety, my crew's safety, and then also whoever may be inside that structure. Because like we said, hey, fire's down in the bedroom. I just saw I just saw the, the, the great convection currents through the eyes of my thermal camera. I'm going to open up the nozzle here. Guess what? If there was anybody laying in that hallway, you just saved them. You made them that much safer and you made your crew that much safer by using yeah, that thermal I, I, camera. I completely agree. So let's talk a little bit more about the max firebox like i know you had your initial phase one max firebox which was the 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 box uh just like the single room box on the stand yes sir yeah the single chamber yeah yeah now single, you've chamber. Developed single chamber single chamber yes sir even larger one with a multi-chamber one very similar to the dollhouse uh but but yours is obviously going to last a lifetime um you know versus having to build the dollhouse every freaking time and burn it down and all that kind of things what uh what led you to to move in toward the multi-chamber and then what's next what's what's the next thing on the horizon for max firebox as far as you know the props you're going to build because like i said i've seen the single chamber seen the multi-chamber and and i and i know you're probably not going to stop there so what's the next thing on the books you know after that well wh whenever i developed the phase one let's you know the max firebox the original max firebox whenever i did that I wanted a multi-story, multi-chamber. So I, I, I did both at the same time. So once I got done with the phase one and I knew that once I started going out and getting in front of firefighters, I knew there was value there. And the firefighters, you know, accepted it and said, hey, this is solid. You know, we believe in this. This, this is a good thing. This is good for the fire service. The firefighters say, hey, you really need to do a, a, a multi-story, this, this, this. I always thought, absolutely. I've, I've already done it. I said, I have all the drawings. I have everything. I, I have I have the patents on it. But I have to wait to make sure that the fire service is going to accept this before I go to the other one. So that the, the phase two, you can do a one-story burn. So, the, Robbie, the roof's interchangeable. You can put the roof on the one story and do a one story burn, or you can do a two story burn. So what you do is you put your fuel loads in, you have ventilation, you can do roof ventilation over the garage, or you can do roof ventilation over the house. You can show the staircase, you can show the importance 
but more importantly, what you can do is you can isolate each room. So each, each burn chamber has doors that you can open and close. So you're really able to highlight as far as the, the, the whole idea of fires on the second floor, fires on the first floor, fire started in the garage. You can run a, a lot of different scenarios as far as educational value for the firefighters whenever you're using the phase two. So it's um, what, one of the things, you know, just uh, being the fire service, I designed the roof. I designed, I was like, oh, heck, two firemen can, can lift that roof and put that roof on there. Well, once I got it back, you know, I got it back from the draftsman. I went through all of it and then I had it fabricated. So there's, it's, it's, let me go back. It's made in the USA. Okay. So what I'm saying is not, it's not a, a cheap piece of junk. So there's no way that like two firefighters could lift the roof and put it on or the second floor. So I had to develop a, a, a lifting system and a bracket for it to all the lift. So it kind of put me behind a little bit, but you know, it, anything that I do, I, I just want to make sure that it's going to last. And to me, you know, it's, it's named after my son, made in USA, and and that means something. So it's um, it's what I'm saying is <laughs> is it's heavy. So there's no way two firefighters could lift the roof or you know even lift the second floor. So I had to come up with a um, a hoist system that comes off of the the floor plate of the unit itself. So there's wheels on it, but uh, the phase two, as far as uh, the the actual weight of it, with the fuel loads and everything, you're looking at about two thousand pounds. So whenever I deliver that one, I, I have to deliver it in my trailer. And then we just, uh, you know, just being around amazing firefighters that, you know, I, I talked about Andy Starnes last week. We were down in Florida at Palm Beach County and a, a, a amazing person, Drew Craig on Palm Beach County. You know, I was, I was going back and forth with him for maybe about six months. You know, we developed a great relationship. Well, I finally got to, to train with Drew. And the, and the fellas down and fellas and ladies down at the, the Palm Beach County Fire Department, they were the first fire department in Florida to purchase the phase two. And I got to spend a I got to spend a day at their training academy. And Robbie, you want to talk about just motivational and just wow. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing thing. And that's 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 what I enjoy so much is is just having the opportunity to go and be around the firefighters, the training divisions, the folks that just love training and, you know, see value in training and it's just it's just so so motivational that's awesome so so as we start to kind of wind down this part of the podcast uh you know give us uh you know your contact information or your social media how can someone get in contact with sean if they want a demonstration they want to order a max fire or they want your your training programs yeah absolutely my my email address maxfirebox at gmail.com we have a, a website maxfirebox.com we have a website maxfiretraining.com we have a tiktok account so maxfire training on tiktok we have instagram maxfire training Uh, we have facebook maxfirebox we have facebook maxfire training and you know we have instagram so my my cell phone number 618-210-2079 call me anytime you know, if I don't call you back, I'll call you right back as soon as I get done with whatever I'm doing. But, you know, feel free to call me any any questions at all. Uh, what One of the things Absolutely. I wanted to hit real quick, Robbie, is is a few fire departments I've, I've been to, you know, they're like, they're like, hey, we had no idea. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we had no idea the construction of this. They're like, we've seen your videos. We've been on your website, but we had no idea. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, the construction of this, we just can't believe, you know, 
what went into this. I had one guy down in the Houston area, and he's like, Sean, I work for NASA. I work for NASA, and I cannot believe how you fabricated this. This is this is unbelievable. This is beautiful. So, you know, the the whole idea of America, the whole idea of this is named after my son. This means something. This I have everything into this. And I believe in this. And, you know, it's just not me. Like I said, it's it's when you go out and you're with firefighters that say, hey, wow, look at this. It just it means a lot. So, you know, just uh, thank you for this. opportunity. The the pleasure is all mine, Sean, like I said. And whenever I get to talk to someone like yourself, who's such a motivated, passionate, driven firefighter, and not only is taking that because we a lot of us are that within our own fire departments, right? Like I can, you know, touch any fire department out there and find someone who's passionate about where they're at. But to take that passion and to put yourself out there in the way that you're putting yourself out there and that drive, I mean, that's just, that's inspiring, especially, you know, for, for someone like me and for, and for anybody out there that's listening, it's, it's truly, truly inspiring. So thank you for coming on and it is really appreciated. No, I appreciate the opportunity, Robbie. And just, you know, I, I, I would never be able to thank everybody that has helped me on this journey. There's been so many people that I've had the opportunity to work with, train with. It's just the, the, the people of, of Kentucky, the people of Texas, Louisiana, uh, Reagan Underwood in Louisiana. Just, uh, just amazing, amazing people that I've got to meet. Bill Full. I mean, just there's so many different names of people that, you know, if, if we could do another podcast and I could just start naming people for, for an hour, I would appreciate the hell out of that because those, those are the people that keep me going. That's, that's my fuel. The people like Reagan Underwood, the people like Bill Fulton, the people like Mark Cannon, Scott, Mark from Kentucky, just amazing people. Andy Starnes. I mean, I just, Glenn from, from uh, Washington State. I mean, I just drew from Florida. I just, I just can't even begin to name everybody. You know, if we could do a podcast <laughs> where I could just name names and we could talk about people, I mean, because that's 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 what keeps me going. You know, is 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 the people like that, the people like you, Robbie, the the people that are into it and believe the fire service is by far the best thing in the world. And there's nothing Man, better. Like. That's uh, that's that's those are hard words to to even follow. I mean, but you're exactly right. It's it's all about. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have had the guts to do a podcast if it wasn't for people like Andy or you know, and and, and people like Pete Lamb yeah. and, and and Ryan Pennington and, and, and people like that. I mean, like it. Yeah. yeah, Ryan Pennington, what a home run! I mean, just yeah. amazing people. I mean, that's that's and that's the best. You know, right now I'm driving to Texas. I'll, I'll be in Texas. Uh, at 3.30. And guess what, Robbie? <laughs> I get to go train. I get to go train on fire behavior, on thermal imaging with people that want to train. Very tough beat to that. beat it. Very tough you know, to beat it. I mean, and what, I, what I've always said, if the good Lord takes me on a road trip, I get into a horrible crash. I've lived an amazing life. What an amazing life that I've lived. And that's just, I, I feel blessed beyond words, man. I mean, beyond words man, blessed. I, again, like just... I love to hear the passion and everything in your voice and your drive and your determination. Again, thank you for coming on this episode of the podcast. Um, I hope everybody goes out there, Max Fire Training, Max Firebox, all the social media, the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. And, uh, Sean, just an amazing, amazing 
product you developed, knowledge base you've developed. And thank you so much for sharing it with the listeners of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast and just sharing it with the fire service in general. It's truly an honor. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with some closing statements from the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. Again, what an amazing, just amazing interview uh, with Max Firebox, with Sean from Max Firebox. Um, Just, again, super duper great to be able to hear his passion, his drive, his determination. And I can tell you that we really uh, had about an hour-long, 45-minute to an hour-long conversation, and there were some parts um, that before we started going live and everything and, and afterward that, uh, that I didn't add in, but man, just, uh, you know, because it just, they were off, off the cuff, uh, candid conversations. Uh, and, but I mean, I can tell you that if you're not just looking for a fire behavior guy, then you need to get Sean to come to your department and just do motivational speaking and talk about why he's so blessed to be a firefighter and why he's so blessed to just be in the fire service and have the opportunities that he's had and, and, and everything. I mean, the guy is just an amazing, amazing guy. Couldn't have asked for a better podcast guest. And, and again, make sure that you're following him on all the social media platforms, the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube page, uh, the Twitter, all of those things. The guy is the salt of the earth and just deserves our support. Uh, in the fire service and just deserves our support in general. And he's just a great, great guy. And uh, I, I just can't, I can't think of a better person to, to highlight and showcase on the podcast. So Sean, thanks again for coming on. It's uh, it was truly, truly an honor. And, and, and I always love when people like that come on because it kicks, if you're feeling down, it kicks your, your butt right back into, uh, into just into gear and like, and like, how could you be like, how could you not feel like this job is is worth doing in a, in a calling? You may not like your fire department, you may not like where you work, and you may not. But the true, the calling of being a firefighter is really like that's what Sean was speaking to when he feels blessed. And I mean, and I get, I don't always, and I've said this many times on my podcast. Like, I don't always agree with the decisions my fire department makes. I don't always like my role. Uh, in the fire department, right? Like I don't like, you know, especially currently, like I'm not extremely happy with the role I'm currently fulfilling in my fire department, but the actual being a firefighter. And it's funny, my brother, uh, who's also a firefighter, you know, I come from a fire service family. He always says, and it's true. I feel it more now than ever. Being a firefighter or a fireman is great. Working for the fire department is what sucks. And I really, truly believe that sometimes uh, because, uh, and especially now more than ever, because like being a firefighter is great, right? Like we make a difference. We do, we do things, uh, you know, we're, we're blessed to have this opportunity. Not everyone gets it. There are people that test and, 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 and test and test and test and never get hired. I know people, I mean, I was in recruit school, lucky as hell at 22 years old in the fire department that I currently work for. I'm 39 years old now. I was in that recruit school with guys in their thirties that had been testing since they were 18 years old. So, I mean, I felt extremely lucky and due to this day to have gotten the opportunity that I've gotten in the fire in, in the fire service and being a firefighter it truly is a calling. It's, it's, you know, Sean talked about, you know, God made him to be a firefighter and I truly believe that that's the same for me. Like, you know, I'm not an overly religious person, but I do believe that things happen for a reason and that we're all put here for a certain reason. And I was put here to, to, to be three things. Uh, I was put here to be 
a husband to uh, my wife, Karen, a father to my two boys and to be a firefighter. Like those are the three things that, that push me and motivate me and make me do the things that I do. Um, notice I didn't bring up money in any of those things. Sure. I need money to live, but I don't, I, I don't do what I do for the money. If I did, if I was ever trying to do what I did for the money, then man, that would just, uh, what a sad life. What a sad, sad life. Uh, look, I love the money that I make in the fire service. Um, but that's not why I get up in the morning. That's not why I, uh, do what I do. I do the things that I do for those three things that I just mentioned. And I know Sean feels the same way. Like Sean has a higher purpose, uh, to what he's doing. It's not just about, uh, it's not just about the money that he, that he's going to make with the max firebox or anything like that. It's a higher calling and, uh, it's just truly, truly inspiring to talk to. Um, so again, with that being said, I couldn't do what I do without the great support of some companies. Uh, the first being Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove, now the MK1 Ultra Fire Gloves, and the Squad 1 Rescue Glove. Those things are awesome. I've worn the MK1 and now the MK1 Ultras. The MK1 Ultras ride in my glove pouch every day on my first do turnout gear, and they're awesome. I wear them all the time. I've let people try them on, and I guarantee you, they're never going to want to wear another fire glove. Like that's how awesome they are. And so you make sure you go to vanguardsafetywear.com or dingusfire.com and get you a pair of Vanguard Safety Wear MK1s or MK1 Ultras and pick up the Squad 1s while you're there. Those things are made for work. Secondly, Taylor's 10s. You guys know by now, if you've listened to any episode of the podcast, I wear a Taylor's 10 helmet front on my helmet every day that I'm on shift. They're awesome. Uh, they're made that Taylor's tins makes metal helmet fronts, but they make so much more than that. I've got pump cards from Taylor's tins. They make playing cards just to have to show off your swag. They make metal, uh, locker tags. They make anything. If, if you can dream it, Taylor can do it. So go to Taylor's and get him to, and, and, and tell him what you want. He's going to send you some custom art and you're going to, and you're going to fall in love with everything from Taylor's tins, Taylor's Stop burning up leathers and start wearing Taylor tents. The next one, uh, tacticalworksheet.com, idlhworksheet.com, the command board. Man, I use that all the time, especially in my current role in the fire department where I'm a, uh, a command aide and I'm riding up on the car, the battalion car a lot. Man, I have to use a command board that makes sense for me. And I searched and searched and searched. We have them already prefabbed in my fire department and everything, and they just never... They just never really, uh, like, it's not how my brain liked to lay out an incident. And so I found myself, like, flipping the command board over to just a whiteboard and drawing stuff out. Not anymore. I went to tacticalworksheet.com and idlhtechnology.com and found the perfect command board for me. It's laid out perfect. It's got flip charts for different incidents. It's even uh, I even ordered the, the steering wheel desk because I like to do command from inside the car so I don't have any distractions. Um, it's perfect for me. It lays out my, uh, the way I think an incident should be laid out. It's awesome. They also have many command boards, uh, for you, uh, command officers that like to stand in the front yard and, uh, but still need to keep track of people. And they have, uh, or if you're assigned a division supervisor role or just a backside safety, it allows you to keep track of companies and make notes on a, on a dry erase board that you can fit in the pocket of your turnout gear. And they also make PIO worksheets that come in the same material. It's awesome stuff. So again, idlhtechnology.com, tactical worksheet. Dot com. You can get these t command boards from both of these different websites. They're awesome. I use them anytime I ride up on the car. 
anytime I'm in command of a fire. Um, I had to use one the other week uh, when I got assigned to a backside safety position and I used the, the mini command board to keep track of the companies that I could see. So I'm telling you, if you're riding in charge of a, if you're in command of a fire and you're riding on that battalion car or whatever, it is your job to know where the people are in the building and a good command board and a good accountability system is one of the best ways that you can you can have to keep track of those people. And so if they get into trouble, you know where to send the help. Again, idlhtechnology.com, uh, tacticalworksheet.com. Get those command boards. Good stuff. And lastly, I already talked about it in the intro, Fireground Commander Conference. Unfortunately, going to have to push it back to October is what we're looking at, but you can still sign up. You can still see the lineup. You can still join us in October. Registration is still open. Um, and when we, and whenever the governor of Virginia decides to lift these restrictions, we want to fill the Henrico Theater. So go to EmbraceTheResistance.com, click on the conference tab, and you can register for the, the best fire conference in Virginia today. I'm telling you, there's no other conference that's bringing you 10 FDIC level speakers to Central Virginia. There's no other conference out there doing it. There's no other conference out there that's lasted as long as us. There's no other conference out there that's given you the value that you're getting. Three days, lunch paid for every day, a fully stocked snack room at any point in time in the conference, coffee, uh, all sorts of stuff, plus 10 speakers. 10 speakers of FDIC level uh, caliber that and you're not finding that anywhere else in the country for the price that you're paying. Again, go to embracetheresistance.com, click on the conference tab, and that'll take you wherever you need to go to register and, and all of that stuff. So again, Fireground Commander Conference, can't wait to do it. Uh, can't wait for October. Um, it sucks that it didn't happen in March, but can't wait for October to get it done and to see everybody who's continually come to our to our conference. This will be the fourth year we've put this conference on. There's not a lot of conferences in Virginia that can even say that uh, at this point. Uh, maybe Andy Frederick's training days uh, at this point can say that, but there's not a whole lot of other training companies and conferences that can put out the quality of event that we've been continually able to do and still bring uh, still keep costs low for you guys, uh, and, and but the quality is so high of instruction and uh, just an overall experience. So again, Fireground Commander Conference, looking like October, just still. And last but not least, almost forgot, you know how we do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the gym, working on your physical fitness, getting in shape, for the job that you said you wanted to do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the library. Learning about the job. Reading articles about the job. Reading books about the job. Getting an education in the fire service. Maintaining being a student of the game. And make sure you're spending one hour a day doing some sort of hands-on training. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Pull out the Halligan bar and go over the pieces and parts of it. Pull a hand line at a fire. Uh, pull a hand line at an EMS call. Walk around a building, talk about a lock. It doesn't have to be anything hard. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. But if you do that, one hour in the gym, one hour in the library, one hour hands-on training, you do that, you become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay aggressive. I'm out.